Hey guys, welcome to The Real Shit with Brit and Wit. This is Whitney. And this is Brittany. And this is the podcast that's here to make you feel normal in your everyday life. Britt, who do we have on today? We're so excited. Okay, we've got Justin and Curry back, you guys. You love them, you want more of them, and we have them for you. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Sounds like we're serving them up on a platter. <laughs> Okay, so we've followed their journey so far. We are on part three of their series, and we are talking marriage, children, family, what's next. That's what we're talking about. We're excited. Say hi, guys. Hey, everybody. Hey, everybody. It's good to be back. I'm glad you are coming back to listen again. (laughs) You're still still listening. (laughs) You guys, you're some of our most downloaded episodes, okay? <laughs> Everyone's fascinated. Everyone. Oh. Just so you guys know, we're recording on National Drink Wine Day. So, I mean, this is a pretty big deal. It's a pretty big deal for us. It's such a big deal that some of us started like before 4 p.m. So, <laughs> and we're um, here. This is Britt here, and all three of them are drinking wine. I'm the sober designated driver drinking hot tea and honey. So, sorry for all you National Wine Day drinkers. <laughs> we feel sorry for you. I'm a loser. <laughs> all right. So, when we left off, we left off last with Curry's episode. And kind of we talked about how you guys met and dated and how Curry made that decision to choose Justin on a life moving forward. Absolutely. All right. So, um, yeah, after that, to kind of just fill in some gaps, fill in some gaps there, um, we got married. And so um, a lot of people ask us, like, what that process was like, like who asked who and did what who and stuff to who oh, yeah. yeah and you know given given who we are i mean of course it was curry he got down on one knee <laughs> no, and like not had rose close. petals out there for me it was oh, so, so cute it was the complete opposite of that <laughs> with no proposal and just should we do this okay yeah we probably should it sounds familiar <laughs> i'm a hopeless romantic there's got to be more than that but we're just to the point a little bit. Well, I am anyways. Maybe you were disappointed. No, no. You've been there, done that. Um, Wait, how <laughs> long did you guys date before it was like, yeah, should we do this? Let's, let's do this. So, off and on. Well, yeah, we did that off and on kind of finding every, well, Curry finding himself and me, you know, being me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Having to tame him down. <laughs> Um, but it was a good solid year after we had just decided this is what we're going to do. Like, we're going to be with each other and we're going to make it work. And it after we kind of decided that, everything was great. So it was kind of when um, Curry decided to move out of the... Um, gated, the gated home. house uh-huh. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it, at that point we were like oh well we might as well get married and get a place together so that was kind of when we okay hold on one second so utah at the time gay marriage is not legal correct so how do you come to the decision of instead of just living together since it's not legal here how do you come to the decision of like let's go to a different state and get married that's a great question. And um, I don't want to minimize our decision, but 
there was a there's a little bit of a background <laughs> here there was a little bit of requirements for the state and my um, compliance with the divorce decree. Oh, okay, that makes from sense. From my ex-wife, Brent so and I are, we know all about divorces. We had to we had to make sure that we were doing things in compliance with that, and making sure that we were safe to maintain keeping custody of the kids, keeping everything going, and complying with the divorce. That makes sense. That yeah, makes and sense. I think for us, it was the kids were our number one priority. So no matter what we did or what decisions we did, it was they were our priority in making sure that there was no chance that we could have lost any, yeah, so it was a, any a amount of decision. custody. Correct. It was definitely thought through of, we need to make the right decisions. So moving forward, our family yeah. can be together. Yep. And- Correct. And this was back in 2012. So back in 2012, um, it was not legal here in Utah. Um, it was kind of, I, I believe it was legal in California or maybe it, it was in the process of being legal, um, but actually the closest state was Iowa, of all places. That is a long way to go. I mean, I have to ask you a question because I really don't know anything about the laws and what was going on, right? So could you get, so when it's legal somewhere else, can you get married there and then come back? Like, how does that work? Or are we getting there? Am I jumping so the you gun? Could get no, married. You could get married in that state, but it was not recognized by other states. It was only recognized okay. by the state you were married in. Okay. But you but you are like, I mean, you're technically married then in Utah, right? When, even though it wasn't legal, but then... So that's a great question. Okay. And no, we actually weren't. But to you guys, you're married. Like, you, yeah, like, to us, to like anyone, we had like a license you... in Iowa that said we were married in the state of Iowa. But because of state laws, um, marriage was like it was each state could decide what they were going to do. And that's why there was a period of time where like Massachusetts allowed it and then Iowa allowed it. But there's a lot of states who didn't. So we could get married in Iowa, but we wouldn't have the same rights in Utah that we would in okay. Iowa. Like, I don't want to jump the gun no, on your no, this, story. No, I this is actually, it's, it's very good. So, for yeah. instance, if if one of us went to the hospital in Utah, then our my, you know, Curry, or one of us, we couldn't, our spouse, the other spouse, could not go and make decisions based on like being married, they wouldn't recognize That's that. terrifying. Because the state doesn't recognize yes, it. Okay, right. so Correct. I didn't even know how any of this even worked. Yep, so and most people like don't. Here. Most people don't. Most people just, it's like, I don't want to offend anybody, but most people, it was a religious, like, my religion doesn't believe in marriage, gay marriage, so I'm not going to, but they don't really realize what that does to those of us who don't have the protections of what marriage gives to someone in a which was a lot of the problems at that time is that we were married by all ideas in our mind, but because the state did not recognize it, there were a lot of complications that came into our relationship because the state would not recognize the marriage. Okay. Yeah. You want to share some of those complications or? Yeah. So, um, well, I'm going to back up just a hair. So um, we ended up going to Iowa to get married and um, my family drove all the way out with us. It was the closest, it was about a 12 hour drive. Um, 
And so all of my sisters actually came out and then a few of our friends met us out there too. Um, and then it was literally, we drove out there. We had dinner that night or mm-hmm. one night. We spent the night and then we got married the next day. In a field. Well, <laughs> it was a wedding, a it was wedding venue in, in the rolling field. In the rolling it was hills of really Iowa. Nice. We, we need a picture of this for sure. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so it was actually, it was really great. Um, and then we literally like went to lunch and then drove home back to Utah. So, um, so yeah, so the first hurdle that we had to get over was now we're married. We, um, obviously we want to live in the same home. So we're, we had to stay in Utah County. And for those of you that don't know what Utah County is, it's like, at that point, it's probably 80% LDS or Mormon. Um, and so very conservative. And we were worried about finding a place that would allow us to rent their home. Um, and so we called or we, you know, we were on the, the interwebs looking for, for, for places to rent. And it actually took us to a place, um, or we were just driving around in a neighborhood and, and it was on a Sunday, actually, I remember. And I was like, okay, do we even call this number today? Like this home looks perfect. We know how many bedrooms, like it's, it would literally be perfect. It's a perfect location where I can commute up to Salt Lake and the kids can still go to school in Alpine. Um, and so we just like, we're just going to call them. So we ended up calling the landlord and they call apparently and they were out of town or they would had already moved. And so they called their neighbor to come over and meet us. And we walked through the home and honestly it was weird because it worked out so perfectly. Like it was just the, the landlord um, had a gay brother and she was like totally fine renting to us. And we were shocked because it was like kind of our first experience of having to kind of, deal with the possibility of somebody because that that's one of the things like we are we're not a protected class and so somebody definitely has the right to say we don't want to rent to you because you're gay and you're in a yeah and and at this point we were pretty vulnerable justin's family was very supportive they all went to the wedding um, my family did not and so there was a lot of anxiety a lot of hesitation of that again going back to the rejection of they could reject us based on this. They could reject based on being two guys with kids. And so there was a lot of fear going into our first home together as a gay married couple. Like, what does that look like and who's willing to allow that? Yeah. Um, Cree, I've got to ask you a couple questions I thought of. Were your kids allowed to be at your wedding? They, they were allowed eventually. Um, okay. Going into the marriage uh, 24 hours before we left to Iowa, uh, we were served, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? They were We were served court documents that didn't allow us to take the kids out of state. Um, we were kind of petitioned to go to court and ask the judge to allow us to. Um, and that, that was kind of a battle that we had to do based on them not being exposed to a gay marriage, uh, that that was not something my... And I don't want to make you talk about yeah. anything you don't want to. I just, that question popped into my head because also your family wasn't there. And I am I think what our listeners are going to want to know emotionally, I mean, how really was that for you? you it, at the time, it was, it was quite emotional. It was 
it was a lot of emotions. We're getting ready to go. We're getting ready to go to this marriage. It's exciting. It's fun. And having to spend the 24 hours prior going to plead with a judge to allow us to take our kids to go um, was just more more emotion in the mix. And I remember actually driving, I vividly com- coming home from Salt Lake thinking, this just isn't fair. I remember thinking, and, and really on Curry's behalf too, he's already dealing with the emotion of his family not supporting him, um, not being or not being willing to attend the wedding or be any part of it or have any support in it, but also just the fact that we may not be able to take the kids simply because we're gay, that that literally was the reason why they wouldn't be able to go and attend our wedding and just thinking like, this is not fair. Like, it's not fair. And I was pretty highly doubtful that we would be able to, knowing that we were, you know, the the court system that we were in is the the Provo court. Um, and so it's a very conservative county. And, um, but yeah, we... We, we were definitely fortunate enough to have a judge that saw through the emotions, saw through what was best for the kids and being able to allow them to participate. A nice win. Yeah, for sure. And, and, and while we're on this subject, I kind of, because it's going to come up a little bit here, um, with Curry's ex, I just want to kind of make it clear we have a great relationship with her now we communicate often about the kids and things like that um we're definitely friendly with one another very civil um it's hard to tell this story without kind of sharing some of the things that you know she went through as well and i want to you know some of the things that were done were also because of what she had been told or experiences that she had been, you know, had had. And she didn't know what a lot of this was too. And so, um, and definitely, and definitely not sharing her story, but her story is integrated into ours. Um, and we were coming from it at different places of trying to understand what life looked like at that point. Yeah. Sure. That makes sense. Absolutely. Yeah. How can you share your own story without? intermingling yes absolutely absolutely we want to be very respectful of that so okay so the kids were allowed to go and it was a very quick trip (laughs) (laughs) so let me ask this so you guys were trying to do right by you know making sure that you followed all these rules all the stuff so you didn't lose custody of the kids the kids were allowed to go participate in the in the wedding but then coming back here utah didn't recognize it anyway so correct correct and that's that's where we ran into issues with the law absolutely um and complying with the decree is that the decree said that there were not the ability to have sleepovers by either one of us and so during that time as we kind of tried to fight uh for us to stay in the same home and to be a family justin ended up having to stay at the neighbor's home every night for almost six months yeah so can you imagine like being my neighbor and then like seeing one of the gay guys sneak out of the house at midnight (laughs) (laughs) and like walk over to the other neighbor's house go through the garage door and then you know wake up at 5 (laughs) a.m and so this was from because of the decree and right not being able because 
yes so legally be- you guys are married in iowa utah's not recognizing it so as far as utah's concerned this is a sleepover yes. situation. so basically we get served again that's basically like you have to stop sleeping in the house when the kids are there or oh my you come back to court for more custody evaluations yes that's what i was gonna say but the whole thing was basically just to not have it be around your kids yes correct okay. yes okay. um and so luckily, honestly, so we moved into this neighborhood. Um, we were super nervous, like being in this neighborhood. Um, inst- there was no hiding behind the gate at this point. <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> there was, Where's the hurry, gate? Hurry. Hurry. <laughs> I had you, to own it. Were you freaking out? That was, was. my third question. I like the absolutely whole, was. Like this is it, man. You are out. You are here. You are doing it. Like there's no, were you really just like, Freaking out, but there was happy, no hiding, but freaking out. Yeah, there was absolutely no hiding. Like we moved in as a gay couple into a very conservative neighborhood, and we were the only gay couple in the neighborhood, and it spread very quickly. Well, I can tell and you, I from had to own it. <laughs> it spread very quickly in this neighborhood too when you moved in. <laughs> well, and I didn't quite help the situation when I'm like, hey, Curry, it's Sunday. We're going to church because we're going to make these guys get to know us on their own <laughs> turf. And they can't ignore us when we're at church with them. So we took the kids to church. And honestly, it, you know, it was good. It helped soften everyone up to the idea Wait, that is they're that a thing? totally, totally. I would have loved that. Wait, am, I, am I under a rock? Is this allowed? What's going on? <laughs> I don't I mean yeah I I think it was a shocker for everyone quite honestly but like they can't kick you out I mean they can oh. they definitely have that right but they didn't and who knows if somebody else has had a different experience but ours our experience was definitely not that um in fact most people were very friendly to us they were very you know and a lot of the people in the ward were actually people that curry had gone to high school with it was it was surprising come to find out that in the neighborhood there were several families that i grew up with in alpine that i went to school with went to high school junior high elementary long history and and we didn't know that until justin dragged us all to church (laughs) (laughs) you should get out of your house occasionally yeah (laughs) maybe not go to church well just kidding but it did work and it helped so um, but our next door neighbor actually, um, I remember the day they had a daughter that was a year younger than Asher and they had started playing with each other. And literally this was like within maybe the first week that we had moved in and she came over and I love her for this. And she basically was just like, okay, like I've not met a gay couple that has kids and I want to be very sensitive to the situation and I just want to talk to you about it. Like, what is it that you tell your kids? Like, how do you act around your kids? Like what, you know, like I want, like, I, I want to, I want to tell my kids what you're telling your kids so that we're all on the same page and I want to educate them. And she basically just said, I've told our daughters that, families come in all shapes and sizes and there are some families that have one mom and there's some families that have one dad and there's some families that have a mom and dad and there's some families that have two moms or two dads i do too and honestly it was amazing and ever since that conversation it was like we were best friends with them like it was we totally connected and the kids had a great time and i think that for 
was a pivotal moment for me is to see somebody who didn't know us didn't have any reason to accept us completely be open and accept us. And that actually allowed me to feel a little more integrated in a community, feel more accepting of myself, but also allow my kids to not feel shame or guilt or hide behind what Justin and I were. Yeah, for them to be accepted for who they are instead of, oh, they have two dads. We're not going to. Yeah, not gonna do that. You know, I had to like chuckle for a minute a few minutes ago because I just envisioned Justin like bursting through church corridors with like <laughs> sunglasses on, just like bitches. Here I am. <laughs> well, and the thing is, is it's like I can hide a little bit, but like Curry, like our oldest son is deaf. <laughs> And so Curry had to sit in sacrament meeting signing on the front <laughs> row so he could participate and sign. Oh, so yeah. everybody in the audience is staring at me. <laughs> and our oldest son is African American, so that even like you guys are there standing was out like, everywhere. There, yes, everywhere exactly. You're standing exactly. Out right There's now. no hiding at this point. <laughs> Okay, one of her questions that she was asking you guys, though, made me start thinking about, even now, how you guys act in public. I mean, I know personalities are different, and some people are more touchy-feely than others, but do you feel like you have to hide certain things when you're public, or is that just not part of your personality or to be honest it's not really our personality but i will say what is my personality is that when people start to like stare and feel really uncomfortable (laughs) and i can feel their judgment upon me that's when i get (laughs) touchy-feely and that's when i feel really uncomfortable (laughs) i'm gonna sit in the car (laughs) uh but no really like we're not like we never hold hands we never kiss out in public. Curry, like, Curry just had a cringe. When it's he said totally that. It sounds not like a lot us. of straight couples I know too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it really just does not cross our mind. It is not comfortable for us. It we just don't do it. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I just always wondered that. Yeah. Like I always wondered if that's actually, something like you feel like you have to hide in public or if it's just like, eh, that's not us. We just Yeah. Don't. And that was actually I I don't know if she asked that question or if she alluded to that, but just kind of curious of like and I don't, and it wasn't like, I don't want you to do that. Or if you did that, I wasn't going to let my kids come over. I think for her, it was just, I want to understand so that I can have the conversation with my kids type of a thing. So, um, when she wanted to be very sensitive, our, our neighbor at the time of making sure that she was saying the same things that we were saying. And so she wasn't pushing something inappropriate with our daughter or explaining more than we had explained at the time as well. Yeah, that's very good. Yeah. Um, so so yeah, so that neighbor, I, I I share that because ultimately that relationship, we I mean, honestly, we're still really close to them. They actually moved away from that home and then moved back and we're s- still very close to them. But um but they were the ones that um after we had got noticed that I was not allowed to sleep in the home. And and keep in mind, we have the kids 50% of the time. So, so that's a lot of sleepovers. It, yeah. So it's literally every, you know, five, five or yeah, three to four days a week, depending on which, what our schedule was. But um, I was literally driving. So my closest family member was in Salt Lake. And so it was about a 25 minute drive. And I was just, I would leave about 10 o'clock at night. Um, 
Well, so was, you were at the home, like when the kids are at home. So it's not that you can't be around the kids. It's like you correct. just cannot be sleeping Yes, here. correct. Okay. And, and so, and our biggest thing, again, is the kids. So we didn't want the kids to think that it was any different type of relationship. So we wanted the kids to go to bed when I was there, and we wanted them to wake up, and I was there as well. Yeah, not to be like, oh, one of our dads doesn't live absolutely. here. Absolutely. <laughs> like, well, that, absolutely. that is weird. And we didn't want them to feel like the relationship was shameful or that we were hiding or right. something was wrong with it. What's weird to me, and I'm just going to say this, <clears throat> is that I don't understand. It's like if you're there when they go to bed and you're there when they wake up, what's the sleeping problem? I mean, I uh, I, I know we can't I, go there. but I, just, I, I, No, well, well, and the thing <laughs> is, is like, to sex like I get it. <laughs> I get it. I, I I agree 100%. And it's just whatever, you know, she was told or taught or how she felt about it was definitely, you know, and, and who knows? There might have been some. Look, in every you know, divorce, yeah, there's, there's a lot always of like some, the pushback. Exactly. Or there's, exactly. Yeah, there's, it's an every divorce. Well, and I don't even say that anything against your ex, right? And And her wishes. It's just in my head, it would make more sense like, it's like, oh, I don't even want. I'd rather you be there when the kids are asleep and they they don't know or something. I yeah, don't know. Like, yeah, that makes more sense. Reverse, right, you know? right. I don't know. Yeah, and, and those were my motives of of not really right. wanting. Yeah, you know, kids around you guys or, or, or around it. Does that make sense? What yeah, I'm saying? yep, yep. So that was interesting to me to know that like you put them to bed and it was like just literally the sleeping part of it. Yeah, That's interesting. And he would, we would put the kids to bed together. We would do our night routine. We'd watch a show. When the show was over, he would pack up and at some points drive to Salt Lake 20, 30 minutes away oh my gosh. and be back at six o'clock in the morning before they would wake up so we could do the morning routine, get him ready for school, get him showered and out the door and, and kind of comply with that. Until we could That's a get good love through story the court right process. There. Yeah, we actually, yeah, we did that for, I want to say it was probably about two or three months because obviously we're brand new to the neighborhood. I'm not going to be like, hey, like, can I sleep in your basement? <laughs> <laughs> Who wants me to sleep over? <laughs> you got like an ad out in the, <laughs> online. Can I put this up on the word bulletin board? <laughs> yeah, you know. And the, for a basement couch. <laughs> <laughs> and there was there was you know there were some neighbors who definitely I mean you know they didn't let their kids come play at our home or they were very hesitant to but again that's not exclusive to the fact that we were gay I think that there are people that just might not share the same beliefs that experience that too so um but over time I want to say that our neighbors um either saw me pulling in really early in the morning or somehow it came up that I was driving up to Salt Lake and they were like, are you kidding me? We have an extra bedroom in the basement that's never used. Like, why don't you sleep there? And I was like, are you serious? Like, you know, like, <laughs> that's, amazing. <laughs> that's so nice of them to offer though. It was, it really was. <laughs> they go to church. We trapped one. We got one. <laughs> We got him in the basement. <laughs> uh, and we, we would make jokes like, uh, yeah, we would make jokes about that all the time of what the other neighbors saw or were thinking. <laughs> this guy thinking. is sneaking over to their house three to four times a week. It's real weird. Yeah. He leaves early in the morning, too. And the text message of, hey, I'll leave the door unlocked. You know? <laughs> <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> 
it's actually super sweet though like that you did all that work because like my husband lives with me and sleeps there and he doesn't get up and get the kids out the door already <laughs> he doesn't even have to drive he just yeah, maybe i need to start making brad live somewhere else half the time <laughs> they wouldn't come and you know it <laughs> uh, where were we now <laughs> Okay, so we're sleeping in the basement. Yeah, so Come then, on. sure. I mean, so literally I did that for probably another three months. And then all of a sudden, Utah, of all states, had a court case who took the gay marriage case to United States Supreme Court. And Utah lost, and therefore gay marriage was now legal across the nation. So during that time, there was about a two week period of when it was legal here in Utah. And our lawyer was like, you need to go out and get married. Like she called and said, get down there right now. You guys need to do this. Was there like a big line out the door? You know, when we went, we actually didn't go on the very first yeah, couple of first days. That first day was crazy. It was. I, mm-hmm. I totally remember that. Yeah. Yeah. We waited quite a bit. And again, very romantic. Justin <laughs> called me from work and said, "Hey, do you want to meet at the courthouse in twenty minutes?" You guys, Can this you is here? just how Brad proposed <laughs> too. So <laughs> it's okay. It's fine. Romance is done. So the best part is that if I, f- the the best part is if I forget the our first anniversary, I've always got a backup yeah. plan. I'm always like, I didn't even, I wasn't even planning on that one. I was going to do the you one six months wait. later. <laughs> I was going to do the second one. What's the date on that yeah. one again? <laughs> Actually, I don't even remember on that one. So, Curry, do you, do you remember December 29th. It? Oh, he's got it. It's close to Christmas. I hope. I mean, you just Actually, I think in. it's December 30th. So, <laughs> <laughs> See, there I'm going to go. go with December 31st now. <laughs> Probably safe. Oh. Okay, so you went and got married here did you take anyone with you that time no no not at all under the courthouse i mean we didn't even get a picture that day it was just like strictly legal like it was you know we need this on the book yeah and and that's really what that one was and we did it and at that point that kind of satisfied that part of the decree and so we didn't so at that point i could start sleeping in my own bed every night of the week which was really nice (laughs) Yeah, that's got to be a good feeling. I can now live at home full time. Um, and so wait, because it was legal now in Utah, the decree, it didn't. Correct. That wasn't a thing anymore. Yeah, because yeah, the decree legal. only pertained to the state of Utah. Okay. And so now that it was legal and we did get married and it was recognized, then. It's no longer considered it was no sleepovers. Longer that part, yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, what's it like being a gay couple in Utah, especially Utah County, where it is more conservative? And having a family, do you feel like even nowadays or even back then, like, do you feel like people are watching you guys when you're out that you're, you know, what's like, is it more accepted now? Because it's like, it's just, I don't even feel like, is it really a big thing anymore? I don't know. Because to be honest with you, you are the only gay couple I know that has a family. I mean, I know other gay couples, but you're the only ones I know that have a family. That's true. Yeah, that's, and, and, um, that's, that's a great question. I think that the longer we are together, the more confident we become and the less we care what other people think, if that makes sense. So, so to say, I mean, obviously I do think, yes, it's more accepted. It's more common. Um, I think when we first moved to this neighborhood, I don't, I'm not aware of any other gay couples that lived here at the time. Um, but now I look at it and we know quite a few other gay couples who live here in the neighborhood. And so um, 
So I definitely think it's more common. Now, of those, not all of them have kids. And I think that that's where um, it was easier for us to, because we did have kids, it kind of forced us out of our home. And we, you know, talked to the neighbors and they got to see that, hey, they're normal. They get up and go to work in the morning. They take their kids to school. They have dinner together with their families. And I think it just took some time for people to see that, our life is really not any different than theirs. And trying to normalize it, normalize our life comparative to those around us was kind of a big forefront of every decision that we made. Um, as we registered the kids for school, Justin made sure that he signed me up to be the room mom or the room parent, <laughs> I would call it. <laughs> I'm not it. doing it, but I am signing but you up. He totally would, did. He would <laughs> sign me up to be the room mom at the school for Asher and for the kids. And so I had to be involved at that point. I took the slot and nobody else could sign up. So I was forced to, and, and through that kind of showing people that we are normal, we're like everybody else that we would plan activities. We decorate doors on teacher day and all that kind of stuff. And so we were trying to show and be involved as much as we can in our kids' lives. And again, being authentic to us, but not hiding. Yeah. Did I, I thought of this question, just, uh, did your kids ever have other kids, not even necessarily make fun or anything? Cause I think, especially when they're young, they don't really know how to make fun of things like that. But did they have other kids ask like, why do you have two dads or do you have a mom or what are yeah, those questions? That's, like? that's absolutely. And that's something that I think a lot of listeners are curious about. Um, so Asher is our 13-year-old. Obviously, our Jamin, he's 20 now. He's deaf, so it was kind of nice because if anybody wanted to make fun of him, like they'd have to sign it. And obviously, like, <laughs> Seems like most a lot people of don't know how to sign that. So <laughs> He got a free ride that he did not have to deal with any of it. Um, our daughter goes to a fantastic school. She It's a public school, a fantastic principal. Um, teachers that were aware and involved and very conscious of what may or may not come up and were very quick. One day at school, um, one of the students did say something about holding the same pencil as her, that he didn't want to catch the gayness. And the teacher was very quick to say, hey, this was an incident. This is what happened. They jumped on it. They were fantastic. The principal went in, taught a lesson. They brought school counselors in and talked about in a very natural, non-threatening way of, look, everybody's different. You have red hair. You have brown hair. You have one mom. You have two dads. Like, And made it very clear to them that everybody is different and there is no difference that should separate you from anybody else. Yeah, there's was no she, right or wrong for sure. Was she, so was this uh, years ago or was she, because she's 13 now. Yeah, I want to say she, this was like in the fourth grade. Okay, because I'm curious, like, yeah, we have all different ages of kids. We both have Maybe fourth fifth. graders. Yeah, um, and I can definitely see a fourth grader pulling that move. Yeah. <laughs> like the stuff they say and talk about now. And, and I think he just wasn't aware of that and that the principal and the counselors made it very clear that this is just not how life is going to be. Like, yeah, props to the school because yes. that's that's a big deal for them yeah. 
to step in and just we're going to handle the situation and handle it like they did is awesome. And I have to go back to signing up to be the room mom (laughs) (laughs) that they were very aware. And the principal just said, you know, this isn't going to happen in my school and this isn't going to happen to your daughter. And was very quick to do that. And it it, it was really nice for oh, her so to great. see, too, that she had more people as a support group than just her parents. Yes. Yeah. And, and so on this note, I want to maybe speak to any listeners who are gay or who have family or or who are married. I think it's natural for us to want to stay like hidden a little bit we're we're kind of nervous about what the reactions are to us um but on the flip side i encourage you to get out and really just be yourselves and talk to people and kind of put yourselves out there a little bit because um i think it goes a long way i think most people are good and they want to be good and they want to to treat people um you know with love and kindness and so we've got to give them that opportunity to do that. So I actually have two sets of neighbors that are gay. I will never forget this. I don't know them all very well, but I'll never forget this. We were either like trick-or-treating or walking around and maybe giving Christmas treats or something, right? And our Christmas cards. I think it was that. And, you know, my son went up to the door and, and we knocked and this was the, the gay couple just had moved in, right? And we you know, knocked and gave him our little treat. And he was just beside himself that we not even knowing who they were, because he said, he's like, nobody's really made an effort to like knock or say hi or say hi. Like every, I make sure every time I drive by, like they're just really cool dudes. And it just made me sad. You know, it made me sad. And that's nothing against my neighbors because they're all good people, but it made me sad to think like nobody, like that's, his feeling nobody came and said hi so when you guys were talking about your neighbor before it made me think about that and i just make sure now every time it's like no why can't we let people just know we care about them who cares what they're doing or who they are or you know or what they choose how they choose to live it just made me sad what did i say no Um, nothing i was just whispering to curry or who they're doing (laughs) (laughs) i was like crap what did i say we're always worried about what everyone else but do do you know what i mean it just it just touched my heart that he that he was so that one small thing like to me i'm just like oh all the neighbors get a christmas card and a little sack of treats like and and it just it was cool to see how much that actually meant to to him and you know he just said he's like nobody knows my husband and i and so i just stood there and made sure I chatted with them for a little bit and asked, you know, questions and where they're from and all of this. And it was just a cool experience. Yeah. I love that. It's like people don't know. I think it's just the unknown, you know? Yeah, for sure. And, and, and I don't know that they, you know, what they maybe did do, but what I would say is in that case, maybe they could go out and knock on their neighbor's door or, you know, instead of waiting for people to come welcome you to the neighborhood, Go out and introduce yourself and take some cookies to the neighbors and and put yourself out there a little bit. But and 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 I and I I understand the hesitation because there are I mean it's like Curry's family. Well, and even going back to my own story is after that rejection from family, from friends, from everybody else, I shut down. We we had some friends that tried for years. And we'd run into them at the grocery store, running them to at different events and whatever. And they would ask us and beg and plead to go out to dinner. Just, hey, can we go to dinner? Can we get to know Justin? I shut down. 
I wouldn't allow anybody in and I wouldn't allow us to have a relationship with them, not because of who they were, but because of my own fear and my own hesitation. And so I can sympathize with that of like not knowing what somebody may think. And after, after several years, we did develop a relationship with these people. And now they're some of our closest friends, but it took me time to allow somebody else in. Yeah, that, no, that makes perfect sense. I just wanted to share, you know, I just wanted to share that story because you guys make me realize just one small gesture. I think just listening to your story takes me back to that moment of even other people going through the same thing that maybe it's like, wow, one small little gesture from somebody can make you feel like that neighbor and her, you know, talking about the kids thing and being able to be on the same page. It's just interesting to me. I love it. It's all just like in my head. These are just thoughts that are popping. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's easy to get stuck in a rut. Like if, if you've been a victim at some time, you kind of just assume that like you kind of get yourself stuck there. You're, you kind of project that onto everybody else around you. And so, um, wow, you're pouring the wine, huh? <laughs> slow I'm down. Tipsy, it's, but... it's a little late, but <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. Okay. So at the time you guys had two kids, but I know you now and you have three. So how did this third one come to be? What is the process like for that? How do you even make that decision of, okay, let's have one together? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, it was always something that we knew we wanted to do. Um, I think a lot of it was kind of finding our own stability and coming to um, our own reality and kind of what we could and couldn't do and what our options were and things like that. And, and honestly, like we didn't know a lot of people who um, we didn't know a lot of other gay people who had kids. And so most of the time it was, you know, a lesbian couple who mm-hmm. had kids. And in my mind, that's a lot easier now, whether that's true or not, that could just be an ignorant thing on my behalf. But so. So we had looked into a few options of like, you know, whether we adopt or, um, you know, surrogacy. There was a couple of uh, people that we did know that actually did a surrogacy out of California. So that was my only knowledge of that being uh, an option. But it wasn't really an option because it was super expensive. Like it was not even a, I didn't, we didn't even entertain it because that just wasn't a possibility. It wasn't even fathomable to pay for that cost to have a child. Yeah, and so, so crazy. Um, at the time I was doing hair, I was a hairstylist up in Salt Lake, and the stylist next to me was uh, work, you know, working with her client, and I overheard their conversation about how he had, they just had a baby, him and his partner just had a baby, and um, I so I piped up and I was like, hey, how did you guys like what 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 process what process did you go through and. And he said, oh, we used a surrogate in Idaho. And I was like, what? Like, I'm from Idaho. Like, there's no <laughs> freaking way that that happened in Idaho. <laughs> like, And he goes, no, yeah, it's a pretty big deal. Like, up uh, in Boise, there's, uh, there's a few agencies that you can get connected with. And then there's a fertility clinic that they used. And we're like, wow. Like, we had no idea. And so... Um, I came home and I talked to Curry about it and, uh, uh, we were like, wow, that's 
kind of a great option and let's let's talk to this other couple and see kind of what they went through and so can i throw in really quick because it's still here in utah is not legal it's now legal it is now okay only within the last like year or two i believe okay possibly a few years but it's it's been a pretty recent it's a recent change right okay during the time that we were looking into it it was not legal Surrogacy in general? Surrogacy for, for a same-sex couple. Oh, okay, okay, okay. I was going yeah. yeah. Um, and so we went and met with them and kind of went over, like, just kind of the process and the prices. And quite honestly, like, we were shocked because it was, like, a fourth the price of what it was in California. And we, oh, wow. So we were shocked that... Can I ask how much... Did yeah, absolutely. Ballpark range yeah. Here so, yeah, and, and there's different. There's a. It depends on if you choose a surrogate that is. So in California, it was a hundred and like seventy five thousand. Oh, I think is God. what we had been quoted um, at the time. Um, and then, and a lot of it depends. So it depends on like if your surrogate has been a surrogate before. It depends on like their insurance, what insurance coverage they have, what egg donors. Yeah, there's so many like different, but honestly, I would say for your first time, it's between fifty and seventy thousand dollars. Which ultimately we couldn't do. We couldn't even do it then, and um, it came down to we just thought if this is the only time that you know we could do this, uh, I. We're going to make it work. We're going to make it work however we need to. And so um, luckily my mom and dad were in a position where they could borrow us the money to do it. And so we had a conversation with them and kind of let them know of what the options were and if they would be willing to, you know, borrow us the money until we could pay them back. And honest, they were 100% supportive. There was not even like a single hesitation um, that warms my heart. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, like, you know, like my mom and I have had our struggles with <laughs> with this whole gay thing. But, <laughs> but, um, and, and, but quite honestly, like the love from my parents has been amazing. And there were some hesitations of, I would say my mom's hesitations wasn't so much of like what we could do as a couple and raising the kids. It was more of what the child was going to feel down the road without a mother and things like that. And we can definitely get more into that, you know, down the, down the road if anybody has questions. But, um, so yeah, so because of them, we were able to move forward with this process and, you know, we're pretty impulsive people. (laughs) (laughs) What? We we jumped on this and we call an agency. We interviewed a surrogate. Literally. You guys also though, cause the, I only know this because you told me, because otherwise I would have never thought about this. But you had to also pick an egg donor, and they cannot be the surrogate. Yep, right, person. correct. Yep, correct. And so, um, literally, we like it was like a a week process from we're doing this. We signed the contract, and then from that point on, the agency that you sign up with connects you with um, the. Uh, the fertility clinic in Boise and then the agency will help you line up a surrogate and so the agency will help you find the surrogate the clinic actually helps you find the egg donor and so we're new to all of this we have no idea like 
how any of this works really. It yeah, we was show like up blowing our mind. We <laughs> show up in Idaho. We did an interview with our surrogate. Um, had no idea the agency had told us about this surrogate, and we showed up to lunch to realize that all the information that we had been told about our surrogate who was going to carry the baby for us was not even correct. Oh, God. Yeah, so the None agent, of it was correct. The lady running the agency was like totally disconnected from who this person <laughs> was. We had heard job description, background, life, everything about this person to show up to lunch and realize that that is not the person sitting across the table you from were us. Catfished. Yeah, right? <laughs> but now on the flip side, we felt totally comfortable with this we with found this gal. the perfect surrogate. The one sitting across from us was the perfect surrogate. She loves babies. She loves everything baby. She's a doc or a nurse at the hospital in the labor and delivery. Like she loves being pregnant. She wanted to carry for a non-traditional couple. It was the perfect match for us. Totally. Totally. Um now on the flip side we get like a list of egg donors numbers from the from the fertility clinic with literally you had their nationality nationality which we googled some of them to figure out what like like oh, wow. what people looked like <laughs> because a lot of the nationalities listed i had never even heard of yeah i didn't even know what they were what so was- we were google searching a lot of nationalities that i didn't even know and wow. and so and then you get their age. I want to say their hair color, and eye color, I, weight, and height. Yeah, it was very minimal the information that you got, and you had to pick five of those. I think there was probably seventy five numbers that you could pick from. Um, and so at that point, then they send you those five a full-on like profile application type thing okay these were all handwritten questionnaires tell us about your background tell us about your like activities what do you like what do you enjoy tell us about your nose size tell us about your yeah it was kind of weird because it was like yeah that's yeah it was like what's your face shape what's your eye shape what's your nose shape how big are your ears like the thickness of your hair and that was a big thing for me awkwardly enough (laughs) because (laughs) i was a hairstylist and so i was like i know what these women are feeling like who have thin hair (laughs) like Amen. Amen. Great. Number 16 has thick hair. We yeah. Need to go with her. But above all, I was like, okay, we have to pick someone with a really small nose because we did use my sperm. I was going to ask that. Uh-huh. Yeah. How, how do you choose that? How do you choose? The biggest thing is I had already had a biological child. Like our, our daughter is my biological. And so I wanted Justin to feel that experience and go through that experience. So we used his. Oh, okay, I love that. So the nose was a big deal. <laughs> <laughs> Refer to our Instagram page. Oh my gosh. Like. The thing is, it's the things that everyone picks apart with themselves, but everyone else is like, why is that a thing? What? I would never have even thought about that. But it's not. I, I honestly, I crush on both Justin and Curry, like hardcore. But as you go through the surrogacy process, Weird. these things become apparent and you have to start thinking about them when someone tells you what their nose size is. 
Now it becomes a big deal. When they yeah. tell you what their eye shape is, now it becomes a big deal. Gosh, yeah, I feel when like that would be so much like overthinking things. It like, really okay, get the measuring really tape was. out. Get totally. the measuring tape out. Do they like, have like an app for that now that you just could like put all that shit together and this is what this person looks like? <laughs> I'm sure they have an app for a lot of things. <laughs> <laughs> mixing like Justin's face in with all yeah. these measurements of like numbered people. Oh my gosh. Oh. So we finally narrowed it down. They sent us five handwritten and it was very easy as we see how people answered questions and how they wrote and what things they liked. It was very easy to narrow that down to one. One, one egg donor stuck out during the process. It's because she had a small nose. <laughs> And Number complete sentences. <laughs> oh, that's... Okay. Yeah, honestly, like, mm -hmm. I remember we read through this application and the energy that this donor put off, it was, she was a go-getter. She was, like, she was achieving a lot of great things and she knew sign language, which was a big deal for us. I mean, I... The very I, that was not a connect, expected. Yeah, we connected with that um, very much so. And... Um, yeah, at the end of each application, they did show pictures of the donor from like zero to probably three or four years old. Um, so you oh, do get wow. kind of an idea of what they looked like as a baby. Um, so, yeah. So from there, we selected her, um, told the clinic, this is the number of the egg donor that we want and kind of sent that in and they... We signed a contract with the egg donor to basically buy a cycle from her. So yeah, you don't ever meet this person. It's never. So we never just met the donor. Transaction, correct? Sort of mm -hmm. thing. Okay. Through the clinic, through a third party, we bought a cycle from her and mixed that cycle with Justin's sperm to come up with. How many embryos did we? So we had fourteen embryos, which That's is a lot. really was unheard of i mean it was she was fertile myrtle so she actually had a ton of eggs yeah that's that's um, a lot but so we were very lucky to get as many as we did um yeah and then at that point you know they grow a well yeah they they grow a baby inside of a test tube and then find out <laughs> which which ones are the strongest um and then they give you different options of like uh, they call it a transfer so it's when they move the embryos in to this surrogate. I don't know how descriptive you a medical transfer. <laughs> <laughs> we got it. A medical transfer. Um, <laughs> and so depending on how many you do, you know, gives you a higher percentage of at least one making it. But a lot of most common is that you transfer two embryos and the probability of getting one is a lot higher and then getting twins um is common, but it's not a Pretty super minimal. high percentage. And so we did that. We, we transferred two. And did you choose the sex or was it just surprise us? So we chose two. not to do any of the medical testing. Okay. So we didn't want to know sex. We didn't want to know any of that. Just transfer the two. Yeah. And, and there's a lot of people who do. Um, for us, number one, we didn't really care. Like we were just happy to have a child. So whether we got a boy or whether we got a girl, it didn't matter. Um, and the other thing is we were on a really tight budget 
uh, we didn't want to pay for it. <laughs> so how much does that cost? No, uh, yeah, no, exactly, <laughs> exactly. And honestly, there's, I mean, there's, and that goes back to like the cost of things because you can do, I mean, you can test forever. You can test for pretty much anything mm-hmm. and then decide if you want to move forward with that embryo. And, um, you know, we, we really just wanted a child. It didn't matter. And, um, so yeah, so we move forward on that. Okay, I have so many questions about like. Of course you do. (laughs) (laughs) Ask away. We're an open book. Like, okay, because it's wow. Okay, so right because the traditional right man and woman, husband wife, have the baby. The wife is pregnant in the home every day. You're there doing all the things, like you know, getting her cravings, whatever. How does this work with a surrogate? Yeah, I mean, are you like she deals with all of the like sickness while we're out hanging out, drinking, having a good time. Like it worked out perfect. That's like the only way to have a baby now. (laughs) The only way to have a baby. No, but honestly, you just grub hubber some food and like you're good or what? Well, we honestly. Did you have a lot of contact with her? We we did. Um, She was very accessible to us. Um, I, I would, you know, she always took pictures and when the baby started kicking in her stomach, like, we, you know, we'd go to her doctor's appointments with her and things like that. So we got to see the ultrasound and stuff like that. Um, we took all the kids up to see the ultrasound to figure out sex. They talked about. That's exciting. Like, That's yeah. Fun. Size of feet, stuff like that. So the kids got to get involved as well and kind of build up that anticipation because we weren't there on a daily basis yeah. to see the growing, see the process change. Yeah, and she was very good about just keeping us in the loop of like what she was feeling, what she was going through. And I mean, she was just really good to make sure that, I mean, we were probably talked three or four times a week um, through either text messages or over the phone. Well, I mean, this whole world is just very unknown to me. And so it's Mm -hmm. like so intriguing and interesting. And I just, there's so many questions. Absolutely. And everybody is fascinated with this. And quite honestly, I am fascinated with it. I'm fascinated that, a woman would even sign up for that. Like, well, what did you say? One hundred seventy-five thousand. Well, in yeah. California, <laughs> y'all can impregnate me right no, that now. Doesn't <laughs> that, yeah. that doesn't go to the surrogate. That doesn't all. That doesn't go to the surrogate. Only a very small portion actually makes it to the that's one who's real? doing all the work. That's all wow. medical bills, the clinic, the testing, the transferring of embryos and transferring the medical of bills. sperm yeah. to egg. And Listen, all I've that. been in some desperate moments where like I'd probably, you know, you I could sell your eggs. I've got some friends some who are looking. I need some Costco. <laughs> Listen, I need some Costco trips here soon, people. Like, how sell much your is, eggs, Brit. How much is it to sell your eggs? Mm-hmm. I think we paid three grand for eggs. Yeah pretty fertile does that all go to the like i'm I'm pretty fertile Uh, fertile. i'm gonna start looking at this (laughs) just saying (laughs) all of a sudden mark's like how do we have so much meat stocked up in the freezer just don't worry about it (laughs) i'm selling my eggs it's fine how are you going to costco so much that's one thing curry and i were not lacking was the meat (laughs) (laughs) too much wine too much wine National Drink Wine Day, it'll get you. <laughs> Sneaks right up on you. <laughs> Justin, I'm talking about like meat from Costco. You gotta Steak, keep things live up in ribs. here. <laughs> okay, oh, so what about delivery? I wanna know about delivery. Are you there? Are you in there? So yeah, we got Idaho. a call. Yeah, we got a call from her saying she is going into delivery. She was um, actually taken by the ambulance. She was taken, she started bleeding at home. And knew this was her fifth baby. 
Fifth pregnancy? A fifth pregnancy. Four of her own. I think it's sixth. Sixth. I don't know. Piper was number six. So we ended up getting a call from her saying, hey, like this baby is coming. Like this is going to happen. You guys better get in the car. So we hurry and grab the kids out of school, jumped in the car, drove to Idaho. Justin got a ticket on the way to Idaho because he was driving so fast. How many hours is that from here? Well, normally, (laughs) yeah, (laughs) I think it's four and a half hours, maybe five, five, five hours. The officer wouldn't let you out of the ticket by saying you were trying to get there for your babies. And that's exactly what we told him. And I think he looked at both of us and like, you guys are gay. You're not having a baby. Get out of here. I've heard every excuse in the book. What we were going to do to help. Yeah, he's like, are you, are you a medical professional? Can you assess assist at all in the delivery? And I was like, are you freaking kidding me? This is my child. My response was, no, he'll be passed out in the corner. <laughs> but we still have to get there. We still, we have, to still there. have to get there. So we did make it there. We got there in plenty of time. She held off until we could get there. Um, would not push, would not take any medications to speed this along. Wow. Just sat there literally in pain until we got there. Um, We got there and she's like, okay, you guys are here. Let's do this. Let's have a baby. And well, and just to just to also show how incredible this woman is. She did this naturally. This isn't even her own like baby, but she did this naturally and not by our. I mean, we didn't care, but she wanted to do that. Like, that's how incredible she was. Yeah. So we we ended up getting there. Our daughter, who was how old at that time? Um, she nine. was young, nine years old. Assisted in the pregnancy oh, delivery. Watched cool. the whole the, thing. The doctor pulled her right there in front of him and basically kind of moved his arms around her and helped catch the baby oh my God. and oh, handed it right to her. Um, it was it was a great experience. Justin was passed out in the corner. Meanwhile, <laughs> meanwhile I remembered why I was gay. <laughs> oh my gosh, that was the best thing I ever heard. <laughs> Listen, even a straight man is very afraid of those uh, vaginas stretching that big. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> um, the doctor made me cut the umbilical cord that's what made me literally like i lose it started getting a little lightheaded after that justin we are like two of a kind i don't even know how i physically had babies i see blood i pass out i see a needle i pass out like the doctor's like do you want the mirror and i'm like hell no like i'm up here for a reason i don't want to see any of that yeah i make them clean my baby off when i see vaginas i pass out That's not what we heard. <laughs> no, but I just love that you're like that because it, I get really squeamish with all that stuff. I can't. Yeah, handle that's yeah. So okay. why why you cut the cord? I don't know. I think he was he, like this guy's struggling. I in the think corner. he get could sense that I was like I literally didn't even necessarily want to be in the room. Like I was totally happy just walking in after. Piper was all cleaned up and, you know, wiped off. Hey, surprise, and... it was a girl. Oh, surprise. <laughs> 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 They're all too drunk to stay on topic. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was, a, it was a lot of fun. Uh, honestly. Yeah, for you. <laughs> I didn't have to do anything. <laughs> it wasn't Curry's first time. I didn't have to cut anything. I didn't have to do anything. Um, no, but 
the other benefit that we really liked about that is the hospital had protocol of when a surrogate baby is born, who does the baby get handed to? Does it get handed to the surrogate? Does it get handed to the parents? Um, what happens from there? And it was protocol and it was like clockwork. They, the baby came out, they handed it directly to us. The surrogate was then taken care of. Everything was done medically there. From there, we kind of spent a lot of time. They put us both in separate rooms. They put the surrogate in one room, put us in another. And we could sit there and get to know our new baby and get to know that, but still have the ability to connect with the surrogate and be like, you gave us this baby and like, what an amazing thing and still be able to connect with her, but still have our time as a family to connect and re kind of connect there. Well, and it's gotta be so different, right? Because I, I, I keep thinking about that being a mother of my, you know, myself and I've had a lot of experiences surrounding me with like adoption and things like that. on um, people, in my family getting babies up for adoption. It, you really, as a surrogate, you must have to really disconnect yourself because it's not your egg. It's not your, right? But it's still like any woman that carries absolutely. a child. It's got to be like you've got to have those feelings. Absolutely. And I want to back up. Curry kind of made it sound like that we're like, hey, we took our baby and see you later type of a thing a little bit. Oh, but sorry. It was, no, sorry. It was <laughs> okay. Because it was very much like we had, we shared this experience with her. It was an amazing experience. Um, it, it was fantastic. She was in the room the whole time. You know, they cleaned Piper up and our surrogate was right there with, with us. And and the rooms, you know, they put us in a room right next door to the surrogate. And like she actually breastfed for the first 24 hours um, during that time too that we just literally wheeled the little like – I don't even know what it's little called. Carts. But, little, yeah, cart. the little cart over to her room and she got to spit, you know, spend time with, with Piper. And, um, but it was, I, I agree. Honestly, I can't even imagine the emotions and, and what she was feeling. Um, but just how incredibly thankful and appreciative we are of her for, for doing well, that. Well, I think as a woman, if you go into it with the idea of like, this yeah. isn't my child, you know, but obviously like there's you a guys connection still keep there. in touch with your sir. I mean, she still loves Piper. Like you guys still keep in touch with her. Like there's, there's always going to be a bond there. Absolutely. And that was something that we decided from the very beginning um, is that, you know, she's very much a part of Piper's story. And so, you know, we, we don't intend, we, we intend to keep her a part of our life as long as she's willing to be a part of our life. But more importantly, she is a part of Piper's life. She's a part of who Piper is, a part of Piper's journey. And so, you know, we want to embrace that and embrace that for Piper. And, and there's no, you know, shame or anything involved in that. There's no way to hide that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, and one of the things that, you know, really stuck with me is, you know, when you go through this process, they actually make you meet with a, uh, a psychiatrist to kind of make sure that you're mentally prepared for what this process is. And one thing that they told us is that why not? Why not stay in touch with them? Why not, you know, let your daughter know that there's another adult who loves them? Like, can we really have too many people in our lives who love us and care for us and want the best things for us? And that actually really stuck with us. And so uh, from that point on, we we really just always had an intention to to have her be a part of our life. And we definitely have a great relationship with her now. She comes down. We keep in touch with her. We see her. Piper knows who she is. Piper talks about her. 
she's very much involved in the conversations that we have about how Piper came to be and who she is. And this is what she was willing to do for our family to be a family now. Yeah. Um, Some of you might be wondering what Piper refers to her as. Um, We actually refer to her as Piper's tummy mommy. Um, You know, and as she gets older, you know, we'll be able to talk about what that what that means and what that is. But for now, it makes sense to her. And she came out of her tummy. And so we call her her tummy mommy. No, and Cree, I don't think you made it sound like that at all. I was more coming from a place of thinking about, you know, when, when like we did an adoption mm-hmm. episode, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm more thinking about that. Like you, to be a surrogate, you, you really must, you, you're going into this with, you already recognize and know that this is what you're doing, right? Whereas when someone gives up their own child for adoption, you know, there's like a whole different set of emotions. So this is just so intriguing to me, you know, just the dynamics of all yeah. of it. You know what I mean? That's more what I meant by that. Not that you made it sound Absolutely. like anything, but. Wow, that I love that story, and I love the Tommy Tommy mommy. That's so cute. <laughs> okay, so here's a question for you. I should have asked this back when you got married, but whose last name does Piper get? That's a really great question. We get this question a lot, and more because Piper actually calls me Justin. <laughs> yeah, I love it. And she calls really? Curry Dad. <laughs> what? Uh huh. Well, other kids, you have other kids in the house. Absolutely. And that's kind of where it came from is she kind of followed suit with what the other kids, because that's what she was familiar with. Well, that's really true being in a blended family because Mark and I have Hazel together, but um, she hears all of my kids call Mark, Daddy, Mark. And so sometimes she'll say, you know, Mark, Daddy, Mark. Sometimes she even calls him Babe because mm-hmm. I call him Babe. So oh, they really funny. do. They just yeah. pick that up. Yeah. yeah. And and so, you know, with the other kids, we always told them from the very beginning, like I, I just told them, you can call me Justin. You can call me your stepdad. You can call me your dad. You can call me your friend. Like really whatever you feel comfortable calling me, you can call me that. And that's totally fine. You don't and- ever have to worry about me like feeling bad or like I know my roles I accept you know what I mean like I know that my relationship with them is not simply built upon what they're referring to me as and so that's really kind of the same thing with Piper and we get questions about that all the time like wait she calls you Justin and I was like yeah and that's okay like that doesn't like you know minimize my role and you know so it's 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 funny so and they all took my last name just to keep it simple, keep it consistent. So Justin and I didn't have to think about which one is which. It's all the same. <laughs> Wait, what's your last name? Okay, you're okay. Got it. Oh my yeah, which God. one are you? Have you guys ever asked Wit? Like my last names in our family is crazy. We have like seven different last names, like all the people and all the kids. Oh. And, okay, so and when you can when you can pick them and keep them consistent, it was yeah. easy for us. And I told Curry I'd be happy to change my last name, but I am not doing the paperwork. So if he wants to go do all the paperwork for me, I am totally well, I happy to change too. my like last name. When you name. get married, do, do one of you take each other's last name? You just we kept you know, the we kept same them. last names. It was easy. Yeah, and some people will hyphenate them, you know, mm-hmm. so they can kind of. But personally, like. Again, like I just, I I guess I'm so like, I really don't care. You know what I mean? Like, (laughs) I don't care. So 
I'll well, just... tell you what. I don't know about Brit, but if I get remarried for a third time, I'm not changing my name. My husband's giving me angry eyes right now. <laughs> <laughs> Brad walks down like, what the hell? Okay, big question. Everybody's going to want to know this now. Does Piper have thick hair and a small nose or what? <laughs> That's a really good question. She does have a smaller nose and she's got medium thickness of hair. I actually chose... The smaller nose before the thickness of hair, because I thought that was most Probably important. <laughs> we picked well. We you picked guys, well. The thing is, it's so funny because it's almost like a donor wasn't involved in all. Like Piper is a spitting image of Justin. <laughs> like I'm guessing attitude wise as well. Although I've yeah. seen a lot of Curry's personality. Attitude as well. <laughs> personality is very genetic. <laughs> I want to say that like a filthy mouth must be genetic too. <laughs> and it's my That's favorite true. thing ever. I can't change that. <laughs> I love it. Oh, oh my gosh. Okay, guys, I have to ask you, you know me and my questions. Are we planning on any other babies together? For four years now, well... For three years and nine months now, I've always said absolutely not. Not going to happen. Like, I love my sleep, and that was the most miserable three months of my life, not having my sleep. And Wait, only three months? Three months? I haven't slept I'm at three years. I haven't slept for oh, 13 years, Justin. Piper You're about was to get a really run a tight ship. <laughs> <laughs> Why didn't I know this? <laughs> he really does. <laughs> yeah. Those babies know very quickly that I'm not going to deal with that. <laughs> you better sleep. <laughs> yeah, I was always no. And then all of a sudden, Piper just celebrated her fourth birthday. Okay, we had our surrogate down. Mm-hmm. Back the train up a little mm-hmm. bit. We yeah. had her surrogate down right before her birthday. And she came over and had dinner with us. And she was like, do you want to do it again? And I was like, no, absolutely not. Like, I'm ready to get this girl to kindergarten. I want to go on vacation. Like, I'm ready to, like, move on. And then Piper had her birthday a month later. And all of a sudden, we're like, we should do it again. <laughs> Why not? And so we're doing it again. Um, We actually have been working on it for the last three months. It's quite the process to get everything in order to make sure that it happens smoothly. And we're expecting to do a transfer in March Mm -hmm. on St. Patrick's Day. I hope the baby's not green. That'd be weird. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I saw a play about that once. Wicked. (laughs) I did too. And that's not going to happen. So can you use the same egg donor? Do you have to choose again? Yeah, so so we have 12 embryos, full embryos, 19 days along in storage that we've been paying for for five years. Yeah, so I say we've always been against doing it again, like no, 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 no. But each year we keep renewing, renewing. The, the, freeze, <laughs> the freezer fee of these embryos. <laughs> Um, and so we'll actually, it'll be a full sibling to Piper. So yeah, it'll be a full sibling to Piper, uh, same donor. I really am a little nervous because Piper is adorable, but wow, she's a lot to handle. I love her. She's <laughs> like my spirit animal. And the same surrogate is willing to carry for us again 
So they'll have this same story, same be able tummy to connect, mommy. Yeah. same tummy mommy. And and that was a big decision for us of like we wanted to to have somebody there for Piper to relate with um, and to, you know, down the road, they can kind of confide in one another and share their own experiences and and have someone else who shares that same story. Okay, Curry, I have to ask this before we wrap this episode up here. Your family has not been involved since Correct. you being married, all of this, not accepting. What about having a child? Have they accepted anything there or are they still? Have they come around with uh, They one? have not been able to kind of get behind that. We still don't have a relationship with them. We have a very strained relationship. Um, I, I think they've been involved maybe two times in Piper's four years in getting to know her and meeting her. Um I, I don't shame. We're sorry. I don't see a lot of that changing with having a second one. And and we've accepted that as a family. Well, I think our listeners just knowing your story would want to know that. And that would be a question. So thank you. As hard as that is, thank you for sharing that. Absolutely. I do want to ask this question. Um, do you ever struggle? We're getting real here. That Justin's family is involved and in there and accepts and that yours doesn't. Is that is that ever a jealousy? Is that ever a frustration for you or is it more just that you're grateful Justin's family is at least there I think it's more on the grateful side Uh, being able to have a family and a new support system and finding finding a support system that works for me and finding a support system that does accept me for who I am and seeing their interactions with the kids seeing that to me is the most important I'll be fine I'll I'll survive I'll be fine I'll get through it but seeing somebody accept and embrace my children for who they are was more important to me. And having his family there and being involved and embracing my kids with nothing held back was the most important. And that to me is is family. You guys are incredible. No, really, we feel so blessed to have you on and share your story. This has been such an incredible journey with you two. I think so many people have either had their eyes opened up to what this world is all about uh, or, you know, like you guys have had people from your past reach out to you. I mean, just such an incredible, incredible time with you. Thank you so much for being on our show. I know people are going to want to hear more. We're going to have a little uh, catch up with you in a few months and see how everything's going with. Yeah. And guys, they've been toying with the idea of starting a vlog. Toying with, toying the, with idea. the idea. I'm trying to convince them. So if you guys want, if you guys want to see that, definitely write in and let us know or reach out to Justin and Curry. Um, but they do have an Instagram account that they've started um, to kind of, you know, document their family and their journey and who they are and living authentically. Um, and why don't you guys share that with our listeners so everyone can go on and follow you? Yeah. So it's called owning our truth. Um, and ultimately it's, you know, something that we've learned. We want to thank Britt and Wit for having us on here because something that we've, we've been wanting to do for a while is to encourage other people to own their story, own their truth. We really appreciate them for allowing us to come on because it's, it's, it's been able to help us own our own truth and, um, and really embrace our life. And and so our Instagram page is not only going to be about us, but encor- encouraging a lot of people to, to do the same. And we uh, want to be a strength to others around us. And we find a lot of connection when we can all share our stories with one another. And we hope that that's a place that that can happen. Well, thank you guys so much for being on, sharing your stories, allowing us into your personal lives. 
and your history and all that. We really enjoyed it. We are definitely going to catch up with you guys, especially along this journey of having a fourth child. So we're really excited. We're really excited for that. Hey, you guys, until next time, let's keep it real.